Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Here on the, on the table, and there was some plastic on the table there, and I kind of burned it, melted it together, and uh, formed what looked like a dead gum lure. And so uh, uh, I got on Galveston Bay that day, put a jig head in that lure, and I think I caught I think three reds, five trout, and, and two flounder. And little did I know, I had discovered that one thing. And that's how Chicken Boy Lures got started. Hey everybody, welcome back to Impact Outdoors podcast this week. Thanks for tuning in. And and uh, let me just tell you, we have got a true Texas legend on the show today. The one and only Chicken Boy Joe Mohan of Chicken Boy Lures is on the show with us today, and and uh, man, Joe is an awesome guy. Um, I got to know him over the last six, seven years uh, living down here in Houston. He has taken the fishing lure world by storm on the Texas coast and and in other states, and um, just a good good person. One of the best marketing. Um, people I've ever met and uh, you're going to love this uh, podcast with Joe Um, it's entertaining to say the least Um, if you don't know about Chicken Boy you'll know plenty by the time this episode is over and um, I I hope that you uh, feel the need to get some lures of his and try them out so um, he makes some great lures for trout, redfish, bass everything you can think of you can catch on Chicken Boy lures and uh but Joe does a lot in the community, and I really wanted to have him on to kind of talk about that and and uh, all the great stuff that he does, helping different charity events and stuff out and people out um, across the country. And uh, man, this is a good one. Um, I hope you're really going to like this one. So let's get to it. Well, there's two things, uh, probably my favorite things in Texas with saltwater fishing, and that's being here on Galveston and the one and only the man the myth the chicken chicken boy 
Joe Mohan is on the show today. How you doing, Joe? I am doing great, Derek. Thank you for this opportunity to tell the world about Chicken Boy Lures. I appreciate it very well, much. I appreciate you taking the time out of your awfully busy schedule. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, it's pan- pandemic mania right now going on. Yeah. This is a... Uh, it is it is July now and it is exceptionally hot here and on the Texas coast. Almost to the point it's hard to breathe outside and so everybody's gonna freak out thinking they probably got the coronavirus when they go outdoors. Um But how you been? You been doing all right? I've been doing really well. My wife and I are doing well. We're not um uh, with the virus, however, um uh, uh three of my neighbors, um uh, Right across the street from me, they both, they all three have it. The wives have it. The husbands have it. And uh, oh man, so we're, uh, you know, it, it, when you when you see people being affected by it, it um, makes you really realize uh, how bad this virus is and what it's doing to people. Yeah, it's scary, and I think that's uh, that's one of the things that we, you know, we didn't know anybody that had it for the long longest time. Same here. And all of a sudden, somebody um, got it that I knew. And uh, the next thing I know, somebody at our kids' daycare, one of the teachers, was exposed yeah. and became positive. And so it's been a uh, a whirlwind for the kids because they're, like, in school one week, back home the next. And uh, they just went back today for the first time in two weeks. So yeah. I did a show Memorial Day weekend in Rockport, Texas, Rockport, Fulton, Texas, and uh, – I was screaming and shouting the whole time. Um, Chicken Boy Lures having a pandemic, epidemic, catastrophic emergency liquidation sale by the order of the governor of the great state of Texas. Well, anyway, uh, there's not any more shows on the horizon because <laughs> this thing has spread big time. It was the one and only <laughs> fishing show this summer. I know pretty much everything else has been canceled, but y'all got that one in. We it was snuck a, it in. It was a pretty big successful oh, event, attendance was uh four to five times what it had been over the over the past year yeah definitely that's crazy so so you are are you are chicken boy and for those that are listening who may not have ever heard of chicken boy shame on you mm-hmm. but now you know chicken boy that's right. and um you have become in the last i don't know four or five years the biggest sensation in the saltwater fishing world down here, in my opinion. I mean, you are amazing at marketing your product. You make a very good product. And just tell us kind of... How it all started? Yeah, I mean... Well, Chicken Boy Lures has been around now. I think I'm in my, if you can believe this, my 13th year. Can you believe that? 13 years I've been doing this. And um, you can go to my website, chickenboylures.com, and you can read the story of Chicken Boy, how, um, if it's on the internet, it must be true, how I was born half chicken, half boy. My father was a regular human being. My mother was a chicken, and yes, they met at a bar, and uh, alcohol was involved. But being born half chicken, half boy, I had a uh, terrible, terrible inferiority complex because everybody was just making fun of me because of the way I looked and the way I talked and everything. And one day my dad tells me that uh, Chicken Boy, you got to find that one thing in life that's going to make you happy. That's and right. I thought, what what can I do, Dad? I'm a chicken boy. 
And he says, you got to find that one thing, just like in the movie City Slickers with Jack Palance and Billy Crystal. And Jack Palance yep. tells Billy Crystal that you got to find that one thing. And Billy says, what, what, what is that? And Jack Palance says, you got to find that out. Well, Derek, as luck would have it, I guess I was in eighth grade or something like that. And um, chemistry class, we had the Bunsen burners. And I go in there on the, on the table, and there was some plastic on the table there and I kind of burned it melted it together and uh, formed what looked like a dead gum lure and so uh, uh, I got on Galveston Bay that day put a jig head in that lure and I think I caught I think three reds five trout and, and two flounder and little did I know I had discovered that one thing and that's how chicken boy lures got started wow do you still have that lure it's in the um the uh, 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 what's that institute up there in the Washington D.C.? The, uh, the Smithsonian. The yes, they, yes, it's up there, <laughs> the Smithsonian. I'll have to check that out next time I'm in D.C. Please do, please do. Uh, but that's uh, I, you know, I, you know, got into it big time. Like I said, 13 years years ago, and uh, so many of the lures, soft plastics, um, were just more like a stick, right? And I wanted something that had a lot more action. And so uh, all my lures are either double tail or single single curly tail, and so they have a lot of movement type thing. And that was my uh, uh, inspiration. I just wanted to do that. Mm-hmm. So um, you've got. I mean, this is a crazy thing about Chicken Boy, is you've everybody's heard this saying. You know, the lure catches the fisherman <laughs> to an extent, but it does have an effect on what the fish are going to feed on. So you offer the shrimp tails, the shrimp, whole shrimp bodies, um, the jerk style baits. I mean, what are some of the other stuff that you've well, got? The, fo- the four inch shrimp, the three inch shrimp, a twin tail. And then uh, I came out with, uh, that's a four inch lure and a three inch lure. Then I came out with a three and a half inch lure. Um, the next generation of lures called the Psycho Chicken Shad. The Psycho Chicken. It was named after a former girlfriend I had in college. I mean, it was crazy. Anyway, came out with that one. And then, um, um, you know, there's actually a song by the fools in Australia called the Psycho Chicken. So your listeners need to Google that. And so when I was, I was going to call it the Jojo Shad or something like that. And I was fishing with it one day and I'm catching all these dead. I go, man, this is crazy. This is psycho. So I go back to the house and I Google psycho chicken. And there was already a song out there by it, by the fools in Australia. So uh, uh, then we came out with the, one of my favorites, the Bubba Clucker. The Bubba Clucker. That's how you pronounce it. The Bubba Clucker, uh, a three-inch lure. That is probably become one of the, not one of, it's probably the, one of the, t- well, it's one of the top flounder lures on the Texas Gulf Coast. You'll catch reds and trouts, but this thing is made for flounder. And so how do you come up with a name like Bubba Clucker? I'd already come up with Clucker, and then I was watching ABC Sports. A&M was about to play uh, Alabama, and they were introducing the Alabama players, and there's this big old guy, and, uh, uh, on Alabama, his na- first name was Bubba. <laughs> and I go, that's it, the Bubba Clucker. The Bubba Clucker. That's right. And about two years ago, we came out with a uh, four-inch lure 
single uh, Curly Tail uh, called The Whipping Chicken, The Ultimate Jerkbait. Yeah. And it is hotter than hot. And I really designed it <coughs> primarily for uh, reds and trout. But people are catching flounder with it. Mm-hmm. And, Derek, I don't know if you know this about me, but I do a lot of bass fishing. Okay, I'm from East Texas originally. Yep. And I still go up there. And uh, my lures are extremely effective for bass. And if the if the bass fishermen find out about it, I'm, I'm probably not going to have any spare time on my hands because <laughs> they're they're that good for bass. They are good. I've caught some on them. Oh yeah. And, uh, the whipping chicken is by far my favorite lure, artificial to throw, mm-hmm. and um, probably my favorite color in that is of course the golden croaker you came out with. Mm-hmm. Um, what are some of the other uh, colors you've got? I mean, I know. I mean, you know, most people know. Chartreuse. Uh, well, in Texas, no truce, no use. So a lot of my lures have a, a chartreuse tail. Um, but all the lures, all the models, whether it's Psycho, Foreign Shrimp, uh, Whipping Chicken, or Bubba Clucker, you know, red with a white tail. Red and white makes your line go tight. Uh, are very popular. You know, we'll have um, Plum with a chartreuse tail. In the whipping chicken, my favorite one is I call it the plum truce phenom. The phenom. It's the, I've never called a lure the phenom before, but this lure is that good. It's plum and chartreuse. The plum is in the back. The belly chartreuse. The tail is chartreuse, and I would highly, highly recommend it. I don't mean to scare you. I got another one called the phantom purple. Uh, That's I do, a good one. I do some. Um, well, I do some that are uh, it's clear with red, gold, and silver glitter uh, in the four-inch shrimp, in the whipping chicken, and in the bubba clucker. I call I named it in honor of uh, of you, Derek. It's called the uh, speckle pecker, so a three-inch lure. <laughs> well, it's one of my best sellers. Hopefully, your sales are good. <laughs> yeah. What about um? I've got one, uh, the redheaded stepchild. Yes, that's the, that's the Bubba Clucker red and white uh, type thing. One. We got one who um, oh, named after some other ladies called the Hoochie Mama. Yep. Hoochie Mama Hoochie is Mama. very very productive. Uh, the Texas Roach, uh, day in and day out, if people want to know what the number one sellers are, it's anything in the color chicken on a chain. Chicken okay, on a chain. that is a Texas staple. That is unbelievable. Uh, primarily because if you look at that color of a chicken on a chain, it emulates the color of a croaker. Um, I want to emphasize also that on the Bubba Clucker, I have two that are very, very popular. One is called Lemon Pepper Chicken, mm. and the other one, it's, it's a chartreuse with just black glitter, and another one called Perfecto Pink Pollo. Perfecto Pink Pollo, it's pink with black glitter, and uh, there's quite a few people that that's all they fish with those two lures. Yeah, yeah. When I flounder fish, if I'm tandem rigging, I'll put a Perfecto Pink Pollo and a Lemon Pepper Chicken on. I do it too. You know, a lot of people. Uh, I used to do a lot of tandem rig uh, where you fish with two lures at the same time, but uh, I rarely do it now. It just seems like a, well, when you catch two fish every time, like Chicken Boy, it, you know, it gets it's, old. It's, it has happened. And, uh, it is, has happened, but uh, I. Uh, I just use a single. But uh, you want to talk about flounder for a second? I was going to ask you about that because yeah. flounder has 
seems to have just taken over your business. Well, my lures are really good for uh, reds and trout, but as I've implied already, they're extremely effective for flounder. And not trying to be uh, funny or whatever, but there was a point in my life where chicken boy catching a flounder it was a fluke. I mean, it was a huge caught by accident. But I kept on, kept on, because once you get the hang of it, that is the most fun fish to catch. Just because, you know, the flounder doesn't have an air bladder. So they're on the bottom. So if the listeners are uh, not knowing how to catch flounder, they're on the bottom. So your lure uh, has to be on the bottom. And, um, uh, you know, and I really don't do anything fancy with the lure other than most times since I'm fishing on the bottom, I use a 3 8 ounce jig head uh, to emphasize my lure stays on the bottom. And I'm simply uh, just reeling, okay? And everybody that sees me reel, uh, fishes with me, they say, Dad, come chicken boy you real fast. So this idea that you got to reel slow to catch the flounder is not true. Right. And I very rarely do I ever bump it off the bottom. I'm just reeling, okay? Because the tails are fluttering, it, um, it, it, it attracts them. I want to emphasize, and you can go on my website, chickenboylures.com, and I have a whole section on there about how to catch flounder. And I uh, want to tell you, flounder bite three ways. They go thump, 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 or it's like a snag, like you got a snag on your line. And, um, it's like dead weight. Dead weight. It's just a snag. And you can see some videos on YouTube where you'll actually see the flounder come up. It doesn't bite the lure, attack the lure just picks it up in its mouth, and then it sets itself down, okay? And maybe that's what they do when you feel this snag. But uh, there was an old man named George that taught me when you feel the thump, 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 or, or snag, dead weight, he would release his bell. And he would just sit there and he would count. Now, some people may go five seconds, ten seconds. George would go a minute or more. And I'm first time I ever saw it. I'm that's going. That's some patience, right there. Well, flounder will mess with you, yes, it and will. so you had the opportunity to mess back with them. And so I, I count. I go chicken boy one, chicken boy two, chicken boy three, chicken. I may go chicken boy ninety sometime. I may pick up the phone, call my wife, you know, and uh, I got dinner on the line, honey. Uh, but then I set the hook, and then um, my gosh, I mean, it is just a blast to try to get them in because they're on the bottom and it's almost like centrifugal force when you're trying to get them up. And another thing is when you're reeling your line in, I've had a flounder hit one foot in front of me, okay? So don't bring your line up or your rod up uh, way out there because, I mean, they're, they'll, they'll mess with you. Yeah, I was fishing out on the uh, Texas City Dyke one night and uh, from shore I'd waited out maybe 20 yards down there on the end on kind of the sandy beach. Yep. And um, was throwing out and caught a couple flounder. And one of those ships went by on the ship channel out there. Yep. Which, if you're familiar with this area, you know what I'm talking about. But uh, it moves a lot of water. So it sucked a lot of the water out while I was standing there. Mm-hmm. So initially I was in over knee deep water. Ship goes by. I'm in like two inches of water. And I looked behind me and there were flounder everywhere. I, uh, <laughs> I've uh, seen that. And... Uh, uh, the, the dike, um, 
is whatever five miles long yeah. it's the the longest fishing pier so to speak in the world and it's a great place to catch mm-hmm. flounder what you just said there when those ships suck all that water be careful out there but when those yep. ships suck it out but you know i rarely fish out there okay I'm, uh, I live in a community called Bayou Vista, which is uh, right before Tiki Island, right before the causeway. And so I'm primarily fishing the marshes. And uh, I love fishing around structure, uh, like bridges, railroad bridges, or, or street bridges type thing, and uh, inlets and outlets of marshes. And I would say uh, the mo- majority of the flounder I catch... I'm definitely in three feet of water or less, maybe two feet of water, maybe one foot of water type thing. Yeah. And I weighed a lot, but I never uh, weighed, uh, you know, maybe up to my knees at the most. Mm-hmm. But anyway, that's what I love to do. Yeah. And I think if you're fishing, you know, like on the east coast of the United States where these flounder flukes over there mm-hmm. um, same same fish basically and these tactics you know I'm sure work exactly the same way over there I sell a lot of lures uh, on the east coast I mean even uh, North Carolina South Carolina mm-hmm. uh, New Jersey even New York yeah uh, type thing but there you know uh, research Google the various states what the flounder rules are because some of them some of those states now they can't even uh, keep any flounder. Yeah, it's it's <clears throat> you know regulations are tightening here. Um, very much so. Of, uh, you know a lot of different factors, but it's been very tight over in North Carolina and some of the Virginia and some of the other states yeah. on the East Coast, and uh, um, we've been really lucky here. I think a lot of people don't realize that when I go to Florida and fish like in Tampa Bay with my buddies over there. I mean, every time I go, it's like, okay, well, they've shut down the trout season, or we can't keep any redfish, or can't keep anything, you know, right now. It's all catch and release, and uh, um, it's a lot different over there in that aspect. I mean, it seems, I mean, there's a lot of people that keep fish and eat them over there, but um, it's a pretty big catch and release fishery as far as saltwater over there, you know, what from what I've been around, which well, is a lot different than here. Well, the flounder are the topic of conversation as far as the limits uh, and the sizes. I believe they're, incre- uh, I believe come, what, September 1, we're going to go from yes. a minimum uh, of 14 to 15 inches. Mm-hmm. Uh, you still can be five but in uh, that you can keep, but in November 2 and half of December 2 is what the rules are for this coming year of 2020 am i right about saying that yeah yeah so i think they're gonna issue a a, a mandatory closure of any retention of flounder next um, the following year 2021 um right now it's gone down to two fish per day per person right so it'll be interesting to see how that works you know So so the closure where you can't retain any of your fish for them will be all of November of 2021 and half of December. Yeah, the first type thing. And I've got, obviously, some mixed emotions about that because the flounder are one of the few species that make a annual migratory run. It's mm-hmm. called the flounder run. And um, the flounder run for several reasons. Uh, one, they're, they're going to the warmer waters in the ocean to spawn 
and um, <clears throat> when we have cold fronts that come in, uh, it blows the water out, okay? Yep. In, in the last two years, uh, in 2019, 2018, we've had many, many cold fronts. It was almost like it used to be 10 years ago. Now, it hasn't gotten real cold, but uh, I, I live on the water, and I see it when it happens. I mean, there must have been 30 cold fronts this year that just drained the bay. So they, <laughs> there's no water in the bay. they got to go somewhere. Mm-hmm. So they make this migratory run, and uh, uh, November is the big month. Okay, where the run occurs, and so it looks like uh, if it stays uh, in existence, that in 2021, it's going the season's gonna be closed down during the run. Yeah, it's not gonna stop people from going fishing though. They just can't keep them. So, I don't know who doesn't like going and catching flounder, regardless if you're throwing them back or not. Because obviously, for the last few years, been throwing back bunches of flounder anyway. You know, if you reach your limit. Um, but uh, I don't know. We'll see. I think it'll be good. So, but it's definitely going to make an impact, you know, like on your business and stuff like that for that time of year. And, and um, but uh, I don't know. I think it'll, I think it's going to be okay, though. We shall survive. Oh yeah. We shall survive. Yeah. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time: the roast of Tom Brady, a Netflix live event happening May fifth. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. So, um, so, we're... You said you were from East Texas. Yes. What what town were you born in? Or well, I was born in Gilmer, Texas. Do you know what Gilmer's known for? Mm-mm. That's the sweet potato capital of the world. Really? Yeah. Yeah. They have every year. They have the uh, the Yamboree. <laughs> Hunter, I'm, I'm gonna. I mean, not Hunter. I mean, Derek. I'm gonna impress you. Uh, they've uh, they select a yam queen. Oh yeah, and uh, this nice. is where I'm going to impress you, Derek. I'm, I'm, I got royalty in my blood. I've had I've had two two cousins that were uh, yam queen, yam queen. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. But we shortly shortly after that, about a year old, we moved to a town named Gladewater, mm-hmm. and about 13 miles from Gilmer, in Gregg County, and uh, that's where I was uh, born and raised, or not raised, but born. But uh, not, we were uh, raised there. Uh, but fished uh, for bass, primarily in uh, stock ponds, but also fished for uh, my dad and I, my older brother. We would go to Lake of the Pines, yep. and we fished primarily for uh, channel cat and Opelousas cat uh, with trot lines is what mm-hmm. we did. And we, we, I remember when I was like 11 years old, we caught a 30-pound and a 31-pound Opelousas catfish on Two hooks side by side, okay, in a trot line. I'm gonna be, I'd never see anything like that. My dad never seen anything like that. We had to go to the store and buy a bigger ice chest. The next <laughs> night, we go out there and we catch a 24 and a 14 pounder. And uh, we had a, we were using these big hooks. And one of these hooks was just straight, straightened. The fish had got on and got off. My dad says, uh, that was Cosmo. <laughs> and I'm Cosmo. 11 years old. Who, what, what the, who, who, who's Cosmo? And he said, uh, 
it's the one that always gets the what gets away. <laughs> and so I go home and I wrote my dad a poem uh, about Cosmo, and I'm gonna tell you it, Derek. And it goes like this: Cosmo is his name. Robin Hooks is his game. The bait must be just alive, or he will take another dive. He's outsmarted many a fisherman, but I won't quit till he's in the frying pan. That's perfect. I've lost a lot of Cosmos in my life. And, <laughs> you know, it's, I don't get upset with it because I know another opportunity is going to come along to catch Cosmo <laughs> in this lifetime. Oh, my goodness. So, you've lost a lot of Cosmos. Um, what are some of your biggest fish that you've caught? I know you've caught some big flounder. Oh, yeah. You know, I'm, but, yeah uh, I'm just, you know, I'm in the bay, so... Uh, I'm, you know, trout and reds and uh, flounder. I don't uh, really focus on the size per se. I know I've caught some really big flounder, probably 27 inches or so. And uh, I, you know, you think you want to keep something like that. I have no desire. I'll take a photograph of it now and mm. uh, release it. I mean, who am I to... Uh, to uh, kill fish, uh, to kill something like that. I mean, it's it's something else. And Makes uh, a lot of babies. Yes, we need that. <laughs> so I'm not really into uh, striving to catch big fish. Yeah. I try to catch quality, uh, my limit, uh, so to speak. But I would people think that my gosh, chicken boy, you must have a freezer full of fish. I give away ninety five percent of it to. Uh, elderly people in my area here, community people that, that uh, are older or they don't have the ability to go out and fish right mm-hmm. now. That's nice. Something. That's what we do. Yeah. <laughs> Everybody always thinks my freezers are full. They're usually full of deer meat, but um, not always full of fish. You know, fish a lot, but uh, most everything goes home with other people <laughs> like you. So, mm-hmm. but, um, so growing up in East Texas, uh, fishing and all that, I mean, <clears throat> Did you have any, like, like some of your fondest memories? You know, we talked about the catfish and stuff, and, and um, I, know, I know you and me have talked about, so you've done a lot, of, a lot of help with a lot of different groups and stuff. And that's one thing I really mm-hmm. wanted to touch with you is, is um, you know, the impact that you've had on the fishing community down here. You do a tremendous amount of stuff with donations for charity events and all this stuff and and uh it's pretty incredible to see what you've done well but, I, I mean where did you. that all come from i mean <clears throat> well it, it, I, I can tell you specifically because growing up in gladewater we had a lake lake gladewater and the lions club would always have um, a fishing rodeo for the young children uh every summer and uh, I'm probably four or five years old. And one year, uh, I won the biggest fish. And the next year, I won the most fish. And now keep in mind, I'm four or five years old. And I'm fishing with other kids my age and kids all the way up to 11 or 12 years of age. Mm-hmm. But Derek, I can tell you today, the prizes I won as a child at that fishing rodeo at the Lions Club. One year I won a uh, a uh, green tackle box and it had a, uh, a, a frog lure in there. 
I never caught a dead good thing with that lure, but I sure did try it. I still remember it. And then the next year, I won a $25 savings bond, okay? Wow. And so uh, when you – that's the impact. For me to remember that after all these years, I mean, it just had a lasting impact. And my dad uh, would raise uh, wiggle worms and catapa worms. Yep. Uh, if you don't know what a catapa worm is, it's a caterpillar. There's a tree called the catapa tree. Yeah, we have growing up. You see them in, you see them here in Houston area, but there's no worms on them. But if there if the worms were to come, they'd probably think it's some kind of epidemic about to hurt. But it was the best bait ever, and we would sell uh, those. It's probably one reason why how Chicken Boy got started. Just a memory from this as a child. My dad would take us to bait camps in uh, Lake of the Pines, and uh, we would sell uh, wiggle worms, catapa worms to these bait camps. And also, he would set my brother and I on the uh, side of the road, uh, going to Lake of the Pines, uh, where the Little Cypress River is, coming from Gilmer, going to New Diana or City area, and we would make signs. uh, worms for sale and cars come by we would hold those signs as, as people came by and we would sell them uh they would stop and uh, we would right work. next to the watermelon stands pretty much pretty much we worked out of the back of a pickup truck and, Sweet uh, but the thing is when we my dad started all this uh, we were limited to fishing off the bank because we didn't have a boat right and so he would put the uh the money in a coffee can and so one day we were able to buy a john boat and by paddle so we're no longer limited to fishing off the bank and then we kept on kept on and we bought a 10 horsepower evan rude motor and boy were we flying you were off and running yeah but but you know uh giving to other people to organizations uh, i guess it's just in my blood it's just uh my nature because uh, there has been a ton <coughs> of it uh, there's been uh, just unbelievable amount um uh, of uh, organizations, but also people that have had um, uh, difficulties in their life uh, through an illness, mm-hmm. uh, you know, or even a death, where there's fundraisers to help people. Yeah, and uh, it's it's almost overwhelming sometimes because I know you probably get asked probably daily for <coughs> things because of that. And um, one of the things me and some other people have talked about is just the sheer number of fishing tournaments now that are mm-hmm. benefits and things like that but yeah. you know it it is for a good cause and it, you really hope that it does help create some kind of um, allowance for them to grieve or get over whatever illness it yeah. is or something like that you know well you know the, there's a young boy I guess it's probably uh, I think he would say young he's probably I think he just graduated from high school when 19 years of age that um he would uh, fish out of Louis Bait Camp out of here, up right up the road from us here. And uh, he was going to a uh, sand pit, um, not by boat, but just by foot, and um, to fish. And uh, there was a down power line, and you know he got electrocuted. Mm. And uh, uh, his uncle lives on my street i had never met the young man but you know you're able to donate something to to literally help bury that child yeah and uh 
when I was doing the Rockport show Memorial Day weekend, uh, that young man's mother came up to me. Oh, wow. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah. We had not met before, but that was just, uh, that's one instance. And I would say, um, if I had been doing this, say, my 13th year, there's probably um, a minimum of two or three of those, not, not situations where there's a death, but something where you're helping some, not just a fishing tournament or a CCA banquet or what have you, but there's something that has happened uh, in people's lives. And it's what's great about the fishing community. They all kind of stick together and they'll have fundraisers to... Mm -hmm. uh, to help people in need. Yeah. And I would say, if, so if we've, say, 12, say 12 years, that's, uh, uh, what, 100 and, uh, 144 months, 12 times 12, 144. So if we said two, that's over 200, 300 uh, uh, benefits that have happened. I, I tell my wife, We'll, we'll get an email, we'll get a phone call, and I said, there's, there's another thing. There's another yep. one. And, uh, you know, it's probably one of the reasons why uh, Chicken Boy keeps going. Because mm -hmm. the more you give, the more you get, it yep. seems like. And if you yep. have an attitude and want to help other people, it always comes back to you. Yeah, it seems like tenfold. So Yes. And um, that's, uh, <coughs> I mean, it, it it is pretty cool to see how the fish community is so supportive of of each other and and things like that and um because with the number that you see happening these benefits and fishing terms stuff like that you're like how how is there enough people to even support all this but there, there is, is there's and with this pandemic uh what's going on right now is fishing is going through the roof like we just had july 4th weekend you couldn't go on the beaches in galveston but people are fishing i have never seen so many people on the water oh, yeah. or the, on the banks the, my fishing. lure business is off the charts yeah, you I showed mean, me a picture earlier of boxes and boxes, boxes of stuff of going, st out. going out to various stores and stuff and the internet and uh i love the shows but there's no shows right now as i love the, the interaction with people hey i want to tell you something else so people always ask me hey chicken boy tell us uh what conditions do you like to fish in do you like early in the morning you like late in the afternoon do you like uh when it's cloudy do you like it when it's sunshiny do you like an incoming tide do you like an outgoing tide tell us chicken boy in your infinite wisdom what conditions do you look for and Derek, all those things are important but i really don't pay any attention to it when i have time to go fishing I go fishing. It's the best time to go. I go fishing. In fact, when we're through here tonight, through here this evening, I'm probably going to go for a little while tonight. Okay, I've got some, I've got a busy schedule tomorrow, but I uh, have the need to go right now. I just go when I can go. Yeah. You just need to start throwing them in the pool. Yeah. We gotta <laughs> just throw some salt water in there, and then you can uh, have some trained flounder in there to practice on. Could be. So... Man, well, um, I mean, looking, what do you think is going to happen when we, 
I don't think we're ever going to go back to the way things were six months ago. But, I mean, do you see this surge in um, the fishing industry? Because, I mean, the fishing industry was hit hard. I mean, a lot of the companies basically had to furlough everybody. Oh, yeah. But now, I mean, I don't know what, you know, I haven't talked to some, some of my friends that are working in, the in you know, for some of these bigger companies. Um, but, uh, I mean, it's insane. I mean, I went into academies the other night. There's nothing. I mean, we Empty talked about shelves. this early. Yeah. And I'm talking, they carry a lot of local products, mm-hmm. which obviously were pretty much all gone. All the stuff that's imported is on hold. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, it's insane. I don't know what they're going to do, but you better make some more lures. Well, we are. But, Derek, in time, I remember, you know, when 9-11 happened, I mean, it was just horrible for months and months and months uh, after that kind of disaster. And um, hopefully we'll get through uh, this virus uh, and in time uh, things will get back to normal. Uh, Hopefully. Uh, So many things have happened. You know, you live long enough, you see so many different things happen in time and uh, then, you know, after another year or two uh, it, it gets back to normal. But, uh, but, but but right now, fishing is where it's at. You've got so many uh, summer camps for children that have been uh, discontinued, or not been postponed, rather, not yep. going to have them this summer. Uh, various other things, like I said, the beaches were closed, and uh, people want to get out and do something. And there, I can just imagine the lakes, you know, yep. around Texas and other parts of the country are very, very popular right now. But the uh, the coast is just, it's unbelievable. Yeah, I was at the jetties on Friday last week, and uh, I've seen it packed out there. Literally, you could not find a piece of real estate to pull up to on the rocks, right? And um, somebody had moved. I pulled in there and um, got set up. And then about an hour later, I mean, it's just boat after boat after boats coming out. The boats were stacked up three deep out from the jetty. It's unbelievable. All the way down. Yeah. I've never seen that. I mean, you couldn't even get up towards the rocks. And, uh, I mean, it's got to ha- I mean, this has got to have such a huge financial impact on, on the fishing industry. Not so much. It's just, I mean, there's people down here that, um, Ron Hoover, you know, here in Galveston that sells boats and stuff. Like, they're having trouble just keeping boats up. Yeah, I saw because everybody's buying the other day. everything. Yeah. And, you know, um, it's not only boats. It's like you know, at the road is uh, the the guy that sells those side by sides and four wheelers and all that. And I know those people, and they're just having record sales right now. Okay, yeah. people wanting to get out. RVs are popular. Uh, boats, side by sides, anything to do with the outdoors, bicycles. I understand you can't find uh, sw- you know, the swimming pools that are above ground right oh, yeah. now, and just on and on. And unfortunately, uh, like you said, the, the store shelves are, uh, are are out of so much merchandise; they just can't get it. Type mm-hmm. thing. But uh, when it comes to chicken boy lures, there's only one place that always has everything, and that's chickenboylures.com. Old light, <laughs> I ship every day. Every day. Yeah, I need to put another order in. So good. 
Oh, man. Shoot. Well, um, have you got any big plans for next year? I mean, any uh, – Yeah. Any, um, oh, yeah. I mean, I'm hoping that we'll – be able to start back up with some of the trade shows like the I'm sure the boat the, show the winter boat show like you know the winter boat show is a big uh, normally a, 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 a 10 day show uh, I don't mean 10 day how long is that thing it's, Two, ten, it's 10 days yeah, it's a 10 day it's, <laughs> it's a long, a long show it's a long show uh, but I'm always there I think by that point in time you'll be having the show and then you know in, in early March is the Houston fishing show and which we barely got in this year. If, if, it was if it had been the next two or three days later, it if, wouldn't have happened. Yeah, if it had been the next week, they would have postponed that show. Mm-hmm. But those are good shows are few and far between. But those two shows are really good. And I always uh, come out with new color or new design or something uh, for those shows because those shows are uh, a lot of people come to those those a lot events. Of people. Yeah, and so I'm always I'm already. Uh, you know, the thing about it, like I can come up with the lemon pepper chicken on the Bubba Cluck or the Perfecto Pink Pollo. I can come up with the Phenom, the Plum Truce Phenom on the Whipping Chicken. And something about this industry, maybe something about me, is as soon as you come up with the the greatest thing, the greatest lure possible, you go to bed that night and you're already thinking about the next one. Mm-hmm. Yep. So there's no stopping it. Yep. So... Yeah, and those trade shows are so much fun. I mean, that's where I first met you. Yes, I remember that. You know, mm-hmm. and uh, um, a lot of people we've had on the podcast, you know, we've met at some of these shows and mm-hmm. um, just had Vance on from Line Cutters yeah. here a couple of weeks back. And and uh, it's cool because you all have such a good interaction with your 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 clientele, but your fan base. I mean, you you are popular. Well, and if you want to come and meet Chicken Boy, you've got to go to these do. shows. Come take a picture. Yeah. Vance, uh, I met him. You know, he's line cutters, and the people that don't know, you know, he's on, on Shark Tank mm-hmm. with line cutters and got a deal on there. And when he <laughs> came to the, this is probably about five years ago, he came to the, the boat show. He had a booth right across the aisle from me. And I had seen him on uh, Shark Tank. And the first thing out of his mouth says, I can't believe I'm across the aisle from Chicken Boy. <laughs> Chicken Boy, I use your lures. And so anyway, Vance and I have uh, hit it off ever since. Yeah, he's a good dude. Uh, he's, so is his brother. Hard, hard, that's a hard-working family. So. I'm telling you, his motto is, whatever it takes. Yeah. Whatever yep. it takes. There's a show in Colorado. Whatever it takes, we're yep. going. They're, they're all over the United States except for right now. So. Yeah. But um, anyway, well, uh, well, man, have you got anything else you want to add? Well, here at the I end I wish you a lot of luck with your podcast, Derek, and your uh, lovely wife and your two children. I appreciate um, that. Yeah, y'all good people, man, and I uh, appreciate our friendship. And um, I, um, I guess what I planned, what I would like to close with. When it comes to chicken boy lures and uh, coming out with new products and helping people and uh, fishing myself, I guess I'll close with this. I don't plan to give up, let up, or shut up till God takes me up. Amen to that. Okay. <laughs> well, you give our best to chicken girl. Oh, yes. And chicken and dog. Chicken dog. and um, Chicken grandbabies. Yep. And... Uh, Man, I appreciate you being on. Thank you, you for everything you do. And, 
yeah, maybe we'll get to get out and go fishing sometime soon. Sounds good, Derek. So, all right, thanks, buddy. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of Impact Outdoors Podcast. We really appreciate everybody listening and tuning in and uh, following along with us and some of these amazing stories we're bringing to you guys. And uh, look forward to continue doing that. And um, if you'd like to to reach out and uh, if you've got any suggestions for the show, please email them on to us at Derek at ImpactOutdoorsPodcast.com or follow us on Facebook and instagram and um, be sure to share it with a friend and and uh and if you wouldn't mind if you're on itunes or anything man just jump on there and, and give us a rating and leave a review we'd love to love to hear from you and see who uh who we can get on the show next we've got some great guests lined up here in the next few weeks and and really looking forward to bringing you those and uh I know everybody's still struggling through this coronavirus time right now, and it's definitely making a, a big impact on everybody. We've we've personally had some some dealings with it here locally here in Texas as the case numbers continue to rise and stuff. But um, you know we're going to get through it, and um, hopefully we'll come out better on the other side of this. So um, praying for everybody. Hope everybody is doing good and. Tune in for the next episode. All right. Thanks a lot. Mondays with Into the Blue, brought to you by Academy Sports and Outdoors, every Monday night from 7 to 10 p.m. Eastern on Waypoint TV, the destination for outdoor entertainment. Brave anglers search for the one they call king, but who will take his throne? Tune in to Waypoint TV's Battle for Silver, Saturday, May 18th from 12 to 6 p.m. Eastern, presented by Abyss Battery, Waypoint TV.